All right, folks, with the download button on Survivalist Podcast. And as always, folks, you can catch all of our old episodes at soundcloud.com slash survivalist podcast. And our, our site as well, survivalistpodcast.org. And all places where fine podcasts are available. So uh, recording this episode a little earlier than I normally do. Uh, just because of my work schedule this week. So uh, if I miss any any news stories you guys think I should have talked about, let me know if I'm talking about the big topic of the week. Like I said, I do record this a little bit earlier than normal. So like I said, please, uh, you know, don't be worried. That sound you're hearing in the background is Opie the Wonder Dog. Uh, he just got a new toy and he is uh, very excited about it. He's very happy about it. So he is uh, right now, going a little crazy. <laughs> uh, he's throwing his bone around and making a ton of noise. So, uh, those of you that hear that in the background, um, I'm sorry about that, but that is Opie the Wonder Dog here in my office this morning and uh, just spazzing out like he always does. Those of you who have beagles, um, uh, you, you know how this goes. Uh, you know, they're wonderful pets, but. Uh, they tend to be a little overzealous sometimes, so. <laughs> but I love him, man. He's my buddy, and uh, let me tell you, he's just, he just actually, I think he's turning two this year, actually, so he's he's, he's starting to mature, but uh, he's still got a lot of puppy in him yet, so that's, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. Like I say, it's a lot of fun, so. And I post pictures on all my social media, those, those of you guys that are following me on social media, uh, stuff he's doing and stuff like that. It's a lot of fun, so I, I did, he brings the family a lot of joy, my wife, my kids, uh, you know, he brings everybody a lot of joy, so. Like I said, if you watch us on the social media, you can get a couple of good laughs as well with us. So I appreciate that. I do see a lot of you jump, a lot of people that follow me on social media that follow the podcast. So thank you uh, very much for that. Uh, also, too, I'm also on, uh, I'm actually, I want to talk about a couple things today. Uh, I do have a couple, I do have a main topic of the show I was going to talk about. We'll see if I get to it. I do have a lot of other stuff I do want to talk about this week, though. So uh, I, I want to talk about true social. So um, a couple of people that listen to the podcast, listen to the show, have said to me, you got to join True Social. You got to join True Social. A lot of people on there would be interested in your show. You really should jump on there. I said, okay. So I jumped on there, and then I got a bunch of people that said to me, you got to jump on Parlor. You got to get on Parlor. So I jumped on Parlor as well. So I know a couple of you guys have listened and said, you wish I was on there so I could put, you know, post the episodes on there for you guys. So um, I am on True Social now. I am on Parlor, so those of you that are on there, go ahead and find me. Uh, you know, just search Survivalist Podcast, and you can find me on there. I do post on there quite a bit. So, uh, and of course, always Facebook. I'm on there and Twitter, all, all that stuff. So, all those links are on our website, survivalistpodcast.org. But uh, like I said, I am on there now. So, for those of you that that wanted me on there, I'm there now, so you can catch the shows and know when the new episodes come out. So. Like I said, I do want to talk about a couple things with that, though. I jumped on True Social, and uh, and I noticed, and I thought about this with Parlor too. I started thinking about these things the other day, and these are the things that I think about when I'm laying in bed at night. My, um, I was talking, to, there, there was a little bit of an outrage over True Social, because I guess they have started started kind of flagging content, and... And I guess people are getting really upset. Like, well, True Social is not it's supposed to be unfiltered on this and that. And, and, and I brought something up to somebody. I said, you know, I, I understand that, they, that they're supposed to be, you know, on, on, it's all supposed to be, you know, you can't be kicked off. You can't put in Facebook jail. You can't put in you know, Twitter. You can't be you know, kicked off of Twitter. All those sorts of things that everybody's complaining about. But they, but they, ha- but they do have a responsibility 
to a certain degree that they do have to, to, to manage stuff. They do have to, to filter stuff. And because if not, they're gonna, their app's going to get taken off the App Store and it's going to be taking off of Android. And we're like, what happened with Parler? And remember, that's what Parler got kicked off for because they didn't filter content. And they kind of have no choice. They kind of have to do this because, uh, you know, social, you know, social media is one thing, but being on a plat on, on the on the phone platform, especially, is incredibly important. The majority of people do use their phones nowadays. Uh, obviously, we all use computer. A lot of us, most of us, use computers, but the majority of way people communicate is via the phone and using the social media app on their phone. So they have to be careful that they don't violate Apple's rules and get kicked off the phone because there's no other way to get the app on the phone besides through Apple's App Store. Now, yes, there's stuff going on with that, and people are saying, well, eventually Apple might have to let you use third-party apps. So it, it could happen, but I, it, I don't think it's going to anytime soon. And so they kind of have to be really careful. So they started flagging. They didn't take it down. But they flag it as as uh, they they kind of been flagging it as as con as as content. They give it like a content warning. Like if they don't take it down, they don't delete it. But they they blur the image and say content warning. You have to click that. Um, it's just like by the way, if you're so and, and I don't I only know this because I've I really I only know because I've I've heard about it. But like if you go on Twitter and there's like a a, a naked image of somebody. Uh, it'll, it'll it won't take it down because it, it's not against Twitter's terms of service for na- for like they allow nudity. So, but they'll just say, "Hey, this is a, you know this might be inappropriate for somebody under the age of 18. Uh, so that's kind of what True Social is doing is they're flagging stuff and saying, "Hey, this might be offensive. This might be whatever. If you are going to you know do this, just be aware of that." So they they do are they are required to do that. As you know, they, they kind of, I mean, again, we, I think I've talked about this on, I haven't talked about this on an earlier episode, but you know, part of the problem is, and, and I brought this up before is it's very hard to have a platform that's completely open because as part of having a platform, there are laws that you have to moderate the content. If you remember, Parler wasn't moderated and you know, I mean, I don't care what way you swing on whatever happened. That doesn't matter. But the the whole point is, you know, Apple took them down and said, hey, we're not letting you back on. Our, our terms of service is you must have moderated content in order to have an app on our platform. That's their policy. And, you know, and, and people say to me, well, that shouldn't, you know, Apple shouldn't. Take, but, but in the end, they're going to have to conform to certain rules because, again, mobile platform, especially something like especially something like like Apple, they're the biggest platform in the world. They cannot afford to lose the app on Apple. Yes, they could do a web app that people could go through through the web through Safari. But I hate to say this, a lot of people are not tech savvy enough. They're, they're gonna they would lose their their common they would lose their they will. There, there are a lot of people, and I know for a fact, and I'm like this with 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 vehicles. Um, I don't know enough about it to do tricks like that. I just need to get in, turn the key, and go. There are a lot of people that want to be on that platform. That literally, they know how to download the app, they know how to sign in, and that's where their tech, their technical knowledge ends. And it's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But for them, as a bit as as a company they can't afford to not be on the plat- that platform because they would lose a huge chunk of the audience that wants to be there. So they are going to have to, in order to kind of 
kind of stay on the platform. I don't want to say stay on the platform, but in order not to risk getting pulled down, uh, they're going to have to conform to a certain degree to certain regulations. Maybe, maybe I think they're going to be a lot less than Facebook and Twitter. I think they're going to do just the bare minimum, but they are going to have to moderate some content uh, just because you can't have people there planning bomb scares and stuff like that or bomb threat. You just can't do it. There has to be, you can't have people threatening to kill people on, you, 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 there are certain rules you have to, uh, there are certain rules you have to adhere to despite being an open platform. There are certain rules you have to adhere to uh, for legal reasons, for, uh, you know, for, for people, be, you know, for, for not only for legal, but terms of service reasons, there are certain things they have to do. So, uh, you know, people were outraged over that, that they added flags. And I'm like, listen, you know, they're much more open than any other platform I've seen. They don't, they don't suspect, I haven't heard anybody getting suspended. They're not kicked off there or anything like that. Uh, I have heard people on True Social are being kicked off a of parlor now. I did see some of that when I was on there because I was just scrolling through looking. And I do see there are quite a few people that have been kicked off of parlor and uh, and are now on True Social because they don't, you know, they don't want to be on, on, on parlor, which is because parlor has been, you know, being a lot more regulated. And I think that's why, uh, you know, True Social and Trump did this because I think they knew that parlor, they would, they would be able to pick up a chunk of an audience. Uh, a user base, if you want to call it, uh, if they went ahead because of what happened with Parler, they knew they could grab a big chunk of those people, uh, you know, that don't want to be, you know, don't want to be. And, and I do like the openness of the platform. It's very Twitter-like, but Parler is very Twitter-like too. But, you know, it's, like I said, the I think all, I think any social media is good. I do think the fringe stuff, like the Parlers and the, the true socials of the world and, and stuff like that, the uh, Telegram, stuff. Like that. I think that is going to be where a lot of people go now because they don't. A lot of people are kind of get frustrated with Facebook, and, and even people that aren't political are starting to get frustrated with Facebook rules and and regulations, and 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 as well as Twitter and stuff like that. Especially all this crap going on now. So, you know, I I think, think though that you're going to see some these social media platforms. They're going to get an audience. People are going to stick with it because and people go where their friends are. It's a known fact with these social media platforms that people go where their friends are. Uh, that's why younger kids are on Twitter, on, on Snapchat, and stuff like that, or because their friends are there. I mean, it's just one of those things. So, uh, those kind of things, you go where your friends are, and I think you're going to see more and more people are going to be going to those platforms because, you know, that's where their friends are. So, and like I said, I think the less moderation, uh, I do think is is a good thing. People should be able to voice their opinion without worrying about being kicked off. And and I, and like I said, I do I do like the platforms. I do like Parler. I do like. Telegram, I do like, uh, you know, truth and stuff like that. And I think, you know, you have to be on the bigger platform, especially if you're doing something like I'm doing, because you want to get the word out there. But then you have people, unfortunately, like, uh, like Gavin, like, well, Gavin McGinnis or, or, or Anthony Cumia, or even look what Joe Rogan's going through now. I mean, he's still on Spotify, but he's eating a lot of crow and they're taking a lot of, they took a bunch of his episodes down. So that, um, you know, where they've been, they've been, a lot of those guys have been deep platformed and, you know, now they're trying to use these platforms to get the word out, like Alex Jones and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's a very, very tough uh, situation you're in right now. And I think people that people are going to go on certain platforms, depending on what they want to say, what they want to do, and, uh, you know, how they, you know, what, what their audience is and, and, and what the regulations are. Because, you know, it's, it's a tough thing. If, you know, if you can't, you know, <laughs> you know, you, you know, you, you know, you put stuff out there. And if it gets taken down, you get deplatformed. It's very hard to keep going. Now, luckily, we have these other resources now that people have been, you know, kicked off of the big ones can go to them. But 
uh, you know, it, it's a shame that we, we're in a world where you can't speak your mind anymore. It really is. Uh, you know, we have freedom of speech in this country, but unfortunately, these companies have terms of services and, and freedom of speech. You know, you have to adhere to their rules. It is their private. I understand the, the argument from both sides. They're a private company. Well, not private, they're public, but they have rules to adhere to. They have to, you know, do, you know, they have to do what the government tells them to do because they don't want to risk losing their, their company. And then on the other side, you have well, it's free speech. Yes, but is it free speech because you're technically on somebody else's platform. Like, it's just like being on somebody else's property and, and, and yelling about free speech. You know, well, that's not your property. That's somebody else's property. You know, it, it's a tough, it's really a tough situation right now with everything going on as far as the free speech goes and, and internet and social media. Uh, you know, social media is where everybody is, so that's where you get the word out. But, uh, but it's tough because sometimes you can't get the word out on that platform because those people don't want you to get it. It's, it's a very tough uh, situation right now with free speech. Um, you know, especially with everything going on right now and the way things have been the last couple of years, it's very tough. I know a lot of people that have re even just shared stuff on Facebook have gotten kind of put in Facebook jail or people that have said stuff on YouTube have gotten kind of kicked off or the videos gotten demonetized. So it's, again, it's a very tight situation where we're free speech right now. And it's, it's unfortunate and, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I don't think there's an easy solution going forward. I just don't think so. I think it's going to be something we're going to be struggling with for, for a time to come. So interesting uh, news that came out this week that I wanted to talk about. And it just kind of, and, and I, I want to, it kind of points out what I've been saying about these sanctions is that they're going to be on Russia unless somebody needs something from Russia. Um, Canada, who had to kind of go against the sanctions and people are yelling that, oh, they, they, you know, they went against the sanctions, they went against this, they went against that, and uh, they're not for Ukraine, and people are screaming about it. But uh, Canada had to return a repaired piece. Uh, I think it was like a turbine or something like that to Germany, and Germany had to return it to Russia despite the tariffs, even though they're not supposed to do that because of the tariffs. They had to because uh, apparently Germany, German people were the German economy would have really taken a hit because it would have upped their oil prices higher than it already is because of the. Uh, pipeline uh, that that because Germany doesn't I mean Germany doesn't drill their own oil they rely on Russia for all their oil so uh, despite the the sanctions uh, Canada had to uh, send this thing to Germany I think Germany didn't send it to Russia so Russia's going to be preparing the pipeline it should be done by October uh, but this way they'll get more oil over to Germany and the prices won't skyrocket because uh, part of the problem was they were. Uh, if they don't, if they keep the sanctions on and and don't return that part, Germany is going to be paying for it. I mean, with the oil prices now, <laughs> the same could be said. Look at what America is paying for oil right now. But uh, I guess Germany didn't want it to go up higher, and they said, "Well, hey, listen, you know, we'll give you guys a pass on this part at least, so that you can go ahead and and fix the pipeline for us." So that's what they did. As they went ahead and they. Uh, they sent over the parts, so Russia, Spain, to supposed to be fixing that pipeline now. So, German people, Germany won't have to pay a fortune for gas. But uh, I think it's you know again, politics always plays a part in everything. And in this case, they had to do something because I guess they were worried that Germany they're already paying high gas prices, but now they're going they would they would go up even more. 
And my attitude to that is, well, we're all paying more too to try to, you know, to, you know, put these sanctions on Russia. And it, you know, I, I guess I don't know. I, I my feeling, I've got mixed feelings about it. I get it, but you know, when the president says the other day, I have to talk to these other countries. They need to keep the sanctions on. And then, lo and behold, somebody does that. So I don't think, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it, it, we need the oil, and they need the oil. So they have to. They have to do. Germany doesn't drill their own oil. Germany doesn't really have any other way of producing any energy and it would have seriously hurt their industry it would have seriously i guess they were more worried about the industry they said it would really affect industry tremendously in their country and affect jobs if if they didn't get this repaired so they went ahead and they went ahead and did it so you know it's it's one of those things sometimes you gotta gotta do what you gotta do i guess but that was in the that was in the news this week and then the other thing that that some that was just on the other day was that I guess uh, Bi- President Biden was down talking about he has a new uh, plan on the environmental emergency, especially with this heat wave. And, and I don't understand why it's a heat wave. People, things get hot in July and August. It's not really a heat wave, but whatever. And, you know, he was saying that, uh, that you know, they need to do this and that and that they're going to create, they're going to use like, I think, 500,000 miles of offshore to create wind farms and they're going to do. Oh, they're going to do have uh, they're going to subsidize air conditioning for people that want air conditioning but can't afford it. They're going to have uh, cooling stations for people in certain hot areas where you know they can go and get cooled off in the air. Uh, all these kind of things are going to have now as part of his his new plan, which is going to cost billions. And he's coming up up my area this uh, up in Pennsylvania this week. Up where, obviously about maybe forty five minutes away. Up in Wilkesbury, and he's suspect he's expected to discuss the whole situation about the violence with and all that kind of stuff. And now they they did obviously they have done some gun legislation, but that was little. I mean, it was the most guns list that passed in ten years. But I just don't think it's going to do much. But he's saying that they're going to be here, and he wants to, they want to talk about. I think they're going to do spend thirty seven billion over the next couple of years. To help hire more uh, ten thousand more police, ten or they, they, again, we don't know. He hasn't done the speech yet. There's only speculation from reading online, but uh, you know, bunch a lot more. He wants to hire, I think, ten or twenty thousand more police, and he wants to help people get, uh, you know, get additional security where needed and additional. And 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 I think, oh, like okay, that's fine with me, but. I wonder how this is really going to, this is going to, I know this is going to, out, which I don't care, but this is going to outrage people, uh, especially the whole defund the police people that he's spending, what, $37 million on more security, more police to fight gun violence. And what he's, well, I guess, you know, and this is a really tough situation because, and it really is, and I'll tell you why, because in the, the sense of the fact of, you know, people are yelling and screaming about police violence, police brutality, all that kind of stuff. But in the same breath, you can't complain about violence and not having enough police and and the crime and the violence if, if you're if you don't want to, if you're trying to cut funding to the police. Because defund the police doesn't mean they're not gonna defund the police department. You're not gonna pick up the phone and dial nine one a police organization. That's not gonna happen. What they're talking about is 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 reduce funding or or fund or or talking about you know educating them in a different not educate but, but having training in different things and like that so they know how to resolve conflict without violence and all that. But and that that's all well and good in some areas, but uh, there are some areas, especially down the city and and, and bad areas in in Chicago and and places down in New York and you know you know down south and stuff like that that just that just isn't going to cut it. Um, 
you know, it just isn't. But the issue being is, is, you know, you can't complain about gun violence and then in the same breath complain that you don't want to fund the police. You know, you have to have it both ways. I mean, you can pass all the gun legislation you want, but if there's not people around to enforce those laws, you know, you'd be legislation useless in my opinion if you can't have people to enforce it so you can't complain about you know so you you know he has to you want less gun violence you're going to have to give more funding to hire more police officers that's and of course we all know and it's every and i don't care what anybody says it's every business there's a shortage with help and you know he's gonna and i know for a fact they're short on police officers because you know a lot of people are tired with covid and some of that so I know for a fact they're having a hard time, and I'm sure they're going to have to offer incentives to hire more officers too. So it's going to be probably, you know, even more money, which is, you know, whatever it is. But you know, like I was saying, you, you can't complain about, about violence and crime and in the same breath want to defund the police. You, you can't have it both ways. So what Biden's going to do is he's trying to take a hard stance on saying, okay, we're passing this, some gun legislation. We're going to hire more police to fight this whole situation with the gun violence. I think he's, I think he's, I think he's on the, I think he's trying to do stuff. He's doing the best he can. I know his hands are kind of tied to a certain degree with this kind of stuff, but he does, you know, but I think this is the very first step of, we got to get police out there and, and people that know how to resolve situations and stuff like that. And, and, you know, enforce these these policies and, and fight, you know, against this gun violence and against the crime and all that. So I, I think the only way to do that is to add more more police and, and add, you know, more overtime maybe or, or something like that to you know, let people be out there more, you know. And it's, it's not an easy thing. Uh, you know, you're not going to solve gun violence overnight in this country, not when it's the second, not when your right to bear arms is the Second Amendment. I mean, you, we can do the best we can, but it's... It's it's not an easy solution. I don't think anybody, Republican or Democrat, has a good situation with this. And this is, I think, maybe the best step is okay. We're passed. We passed a little gun legislation. We're gonna we're gonna give more funding to police, and we're gonna and we're gonna see look at the numbers and see if this helps. If this happened, maybe next year we'll throw more. I mean, I hate Democrats throwing money at a problem, but in this case. I think the only way you're going to fix this problem is to have more police officers, uh, you know, you know, people that are trained with firearms, people that are trained and know how to enforce the rules. And I think it might help. I think it is going to help, especially maybe. And even if it doesn't help with the gun violence, it'll definitely help with crime because the more peace you have on the street, the lower the crime rate is. I mean, that's just, you know, the more people that can be out there enforcing the law, the quicker, the you know, the better it's going to be as far as the crime rate. I mean, that's just fact. So the other day, the the internet was yesterday. Well, I'm recording this. It was going to be it's yesterday for me, but it's going to be probably a couple of days for you guys. Is Biden had said that he was concerned about the environment and about these people that live close to factories because he had cancer and all that kind of stuff. He actually he actually has he he actually has had melanoma, skin cancer. But I do I will say this. I have to kind of agree with him a little bit on on the whole thing with people that live close to get sick. Uh, even though, you know, my grandparents uh, my in in lived both uh, neighborhoods I grew up in uh, down in Jersey, my grandparents and my uncle I didn't go up down there, but my family was down there. My grandparents years lived in the same home for my god, 50, 60 years and they uh 
towards the end of their lives, they started, they, you know, they got letters and, and messages from the, the state or the, the township or whatever saying that, hey, you know, remember Manhattan Rubber was behind you 50 years ago? My grandfather used to work there. Well, we found that they were, you know, we found proof that they were dumping stuff in the, in the, into the ground. And, you know, we found that the ground is contaminated. If you're growing your own vegetables or whatever like that, don't eat them because they could be contaminated. So... Now, my grandparents had grown... Now, be mild, you're talking 30, 40, 50 years later. So my grandparents had grown tomatoes every year in their backyard for my entire life. And everybody, you know, everybody in the neighborhood and, and my parents and all that, I used to eat them and stuff like that. Now, nobody ever got sick. Both my grandparents did have cancer. I don't think... I don't know if it was from that. They had... Uh, my grandmother had... I think it was bladder cancer. My grandfather had bladder and prostate cancer. But I don't know if it was from that or not. But again, so, I, you know, but, you know, you don't know, you know, 30, 40, 50 years later, what they're going to find in science that could be the problem. Uh, in Garfield, New Jersey, where I grew up, there used to be a, again, I didn't grow up, but my family lived for most of their lives. There was a factory there, and they found that uh, they were actually, there were actually, uh, there were actually letters being sent out to Garfield people years ago saying that, hey, you know, clip your, your fingernails and send it in. There's a very good possibility that, uh, you know, the, the, your home or the ground your home is built on could be contaminated. And if you're breathing this stuff in, you could get sick. And, you know, it's from a, a, some kind of factory that was in big factory. It was in Garfield, you know, 30, 40 years earlier. So I, I got to tell you about the one thing I do have to say, I, I seen this happen to a couple times. And there's another friend of mine too, where he grew up, uh, where they they worked by a factory and then they found out years later that the uh, the, the 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 stuff that they thought the air well look at well look at this nine eleven's a prime example of this the air is safe to breathe and now you have people what twenty years later 22, 20, 21, 22 years later now they're finding that people with liver disease and liver cancer and 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 kidney cancer is all related to the whole situation. That you know, people from breathing in the air on Ground Zero during nine eleven, you know, and and look, what what they didn't find that out until what 10, 15 years later. So I, I got to be honest with you, I I don't know if I necessarily disagree with him on that. That he wants to enforce policies for people that live closer to these factories. I got to be honest, with you, I I really don't disagree with him on that. A lot of people may get upset with me for saying that, but I, I don't know. I've seen it happen three, four, five times already. I was telling you, started telling you a story. A friend of mine that lived down in in New Jersey, he, you know, said that or another friend of mine that lived, he lived down south, but he also he lived in New Jersey. How I met him, he had the same situation. His parents lived near a coal mine, and the stuff they used to, use to dig and work in the coal mine, or they found out that it was contaminating the groundwater. People were drinking the water for years, and it's fine. Some people were getting stomach cancer from it. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where I, I his this particular issue now does he had now does his skin cancer related to the to, to being live my own factory? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I don't think it is, but it could be. But my point is, you don't know because look at what you know. You may, you know I don't I with this particular topic. I'm not going to lie. I'm actually kind of agree with him that you know maybe there should be as far as environmental stuff and just what's going on i do think maybe that that we should i think consider uh, taking these things a little more seriously people that live fence line they call them fence line workers is what they call them uh, we need to really 
you know, take a take a look at this and 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 see where these people are living and where we're allowing these these factories and 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 yeah, maybe it doesn't affect them today. Maybe everything's okay by today's science standard. Who knows in twenty thirty years what's going to happen? Uh, I actually am one of those people that are, are kind of pro for that because I saw how my grandparents saw it happen to a good friend, uh, my other uncle over in Garfield. I saw it happen. Like I said, uh, for a couple, uh, and we see what's going on with the 9-11 workers, the first responders. We're seeing what's going on, like I said, my other friend. So I'm okay with that. I really am. And, and I think we should be more concerned about people's health and being around these factories. So I do want to get to uh, something here that I thought was a lot of fun. So somebody, a bunch of you guys had, had reached out to me about the about the, a couple episodes ago, but I talked about these survival shows and stuff like that. And I want to thank you guys so much, first of all, for all the feedback I got. I get a lot. I'm getting... I get at least a couple. I get at least a couple messages every week. So you guys listen and then feel the need to reach out to me, and and it really it means a lot that you guys listen to the show and then feel the you know reach back out to me. I really appreciate it. So uh, please keep the feedback and the the emails and all that. And again, you go to our website survival survivalistpodcast.org. Um, all my social media is on there. And you can go ahead and reach out to me, email, YouTube, Facebook, all that kind of stuff. So Twitter. And so one of the things you guys, somebody had said to me was about the, talked about these survival shows about living the primitive lifestyle. And uh, would I, would I be that guy that could, you know, would I be one of those people that can live on, you know, just a plot of land and, and in a tent and all that? You know, I, I got to be honest with you. I don't know if I could live the primitive lifestyle. If I had to, you know, the end of the world, obviously, if I would have to, everybody would. But I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I could, if I would purposely want to be that guy. Uh, I, I like my video games. I, I like the internet. I like watching TV. I like watching TV. Um, you know, I like my phone. I like my computer. So I, I don't know. I, I'm too much, I think, of a nerd at heart. I mean, obviously, my full-time job, I'm actually a, a computer programmer. So, but I don't know if I could, if I could live that, uh, that primitive lifestyle. I mean, I, I enjoy it. Like, if I go out in the woods, I could probably do it for a while. I, I enjoy it. But I think after a while, I'd want, I'd want the, the luxuries of technology back, I think, too much. I mean, I think I do. I mean, I enjoy it. And, and I think it, it, I think there's a time where, we, you know, if something happens, we're going to have to live like that. But I don't know. I, I like I think I like technology too much to be that guy. I know there are a lot of people, especially that uh, there was, uh, I'm just watching another season of Alone and that Nikki, her name was, she actually lives on a, a, a pretty much on a plot of land that, that she bought. And she's got a cabin that she built, and she lives off the grid, no electric, no nothing. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just I don't think I could do that for too long. I think I'd want the luxuries of indoor plumbing, maybe. Um, you know, uh, you know, electric. Well, I mean, you could have electric generator or solar, but I don't know. I think I like the luxuries of the modern world a little too much. I mean, I'm all for it. I think I think if you can live like that, that's probably a better way to live. But you're still going to pay property taxes. You're still going to pay. There's still things you're going to get. You still have to get mail somehow. There, there are certain things you're still going. If you own land, unless you're, li- I mean, you're still going to have to deal with certain things. So I mean, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think I could do the. I think I could do it for a while. I think I would enjoy camping for. I enjoy. I enjoy camping. I do love going going camping for a couple of weeks, for a couple of days, a couple of weeks, whatever. But I just think that, especially with with kids and all that. Um, if I was out there by myself, I probably would be okay for a little while, but I don't know if I could live that just like, my, like just saying to my wife, okay, we're getting rid of, you know, 
we're going to sell the house, get rid of all our stuff, and I'm just going to we're just going to live in a cabin that I build by hand with an axe. I don't know if my wife would go for that. I know I don't, actually I don't think she I know she wouldn't. But <laughs> but for me the end of the world coming shouldn't have a choice. But uh, just to live that way without having the end of the world, I don't know. I think I I think I enjoy doing stuff like this too much. I enjoy the like I said I enjoy playing uh, you know Call of Duty and and all these survival games with my friends online. I I enjoy having buddies over. I enjoy listening to music a lot. Uh, you know, stuff like that. So I, I don't know. I, I think I could, I mean, I think I'm going to have to do it if the world comes to an end, but I don't think until that time am I going to be living that primitive lifestyle. I, I just don't. I mean, I enjoy hunting. I enjoy fishing. I enjoy camping. I enjoy all parts of the outdoors. I like splitting my own wood. I like, you know, all that stuff. I enjoy all that. I like, I like permaculture. I like all that stuff, but I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I could do that if, it, I don't think I could I don't think I could be that guy. I mean, the end of the world comes, we're all going to have to, but I don't think I could be that guy. I just think that, I just think that would be too, I think that would be too, for me, I think it would be too much, especially considering, you know, it's, I don't know. I think, I think it would just be for me. I just, I don't think I could do it. Uh, I mean, I think if I have to, I could, but I don't think I could do it just, just like that. And I know my wife would never go for that and my kids wouldn't either. So, uh, but yeah, I, I appreciate the feedback. Um, yeah, you know, like I said, some of those people that are on that show, I did notice that as well, by the way, that some of those people, they show where they, they live when they're not on that show. And it's like, woof, like these people really live the lifestyle they're, they're wanting to compete with. Like, like some of those people, especially, uh, one guy not too long ago, he was, I mean, he lived in Alaska in isolation for what, like a hundred and some days. And, and he's like, I don't care. I like this. And this is the way I live anyway. Like this is not, and he did, he survived the whole way. That was insane. I was like, wow, this guy is, and then another guy too, same situation. I was like, you know, so, I mean, and good for them, man. Maybe if that's the way they choose to live that, you know, good for them. And, and maybe they're, they're living the right way and we're not, but you know, I just don't think I could do it. And I know for a fact, my wife wouldn't go for it. But speaking of these shows, one of the things that I noticed a lot on these sh- that I've been watching all these different survival shows lately is a lot of people tap out because they they eat the wrong thing or they get uh, sick or upset and you know one of the things I, I never see anybody do is go out and try to find any kind of herbs to, for their stomach uh, you know there are a couple herbs you can use that help with a lot of things uh, you know peppermint is one that I know for several ga- a lot of people use that for gastro issues you know, that helps. I think it's a, it helps. I think from what I've read it, like it helps in it relax the intestines. If you're getting cramps and stuff like that. So I, I know that's one. I know peppermint is actually one they talk about in Walking Dead a lot. Uh, the show on TV that they use peppermint a lot for people that are nauseous and stuff like that. And they say a lot of pregnant women use it and stuff like that when they're pregnant. So that one is uh, one that I, I, I surprised nobody. And that that's actually pretty easy to find sometimes in the woods, depending on where you are. Uh, fennel is another one. It's like a root that I know a lot of people use. And that that's more of a, it's not as flavorful, but it definitely can, can help you if, if you have pain in your stomach and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think it's, I think one, the other one that I think I remember reading about is raspberry leaf. That's another one that can really, really good. I know I saw one day I saw this, one, I'm like, they're eating raspberries. I'm like, why aren't they just getting the raspberry? Why don't they just go back to the raspberries and get the leaves and they can use that. That helps a lot with, with stomach. And, um, I didn't know this, but actually a lot of people that have celiac disease, some medic, uh, some of the, uh, the natural, all natural remedies are actually made from, uh, raspberry and raspberry leaves to help with the stomach. So that was one thing I was like, why, why aren't they going back to get the rest? Like, what, what? like, you know, you're trying to yell at the TV, you know? 
Uh, chamomile's not as easy to find out in the wild, but I know that's one that a lot of people use. I just want to, I have a list here I wanted to read off, but I know chamomile is one that's a little bit harder to find in the woods, especially depending on where they are, especially when they're Arctic and stuff like that. You're not going to find that stuff there. Uh, they use obviously mostly in tea and stuff like that, but you know, one thing, but it can be used as a, uh, I think it doesn't actually. It's not gonna. Uh, it's not gonna actually like like upset your upset your stomach. But if you have like, it helps with like gas. It's basically like a, it's basically like a gas X kind of thing. So you can use it for that. Like it's not gonna soothe something, but it'll help you if you have cramps and gas. Uh, ginger obviously is one that uh, I recommend. Is you know when they're out, but that's again that's gonna be a little harder to find some places. Ginger because it's a root, and you have to know where to find it. But ginger is one they could use. Obviously ginger ale. Uh, obviously it's a soda, but. Uh, a lot of people do. I know a lot of people uh, use ginger for morning sickness when they're, you know, women and stuff like that. But I know for a fact ginger ale is one that uh, a lot of people use. That, and that's one of the reasons, too, why people think it, it's, you know, people sip ginger ale when they're nauseous. It's, it's the ginger itself. Yes, the carbonated does help you with the gas of that, but also the ginger itself is actually, it's not just soda. It's also the ginger in the soda that's supposed to be really, really good for you. And it's also, I think, has antioxidants and stuff like that in it, too. So it you know it also helps with heartburn all that kind of stuff. That's why, like I said, a lot of pregnant women use it when they're, you know, not feeling well during pregnancy. But yeah, ginger and that I know it's that one's gonna be hard to find because, like I said, it's it's a root, so it's gonna be hard to find when you're out there. But ginger is one that I know a lot of people a lot of people use um, that I've seen a lot of these different shows um, under YouTube where they talk about herbal medicines and stuff like that, all natural medicines. Ginger is one you see a lot. Obviously, ginger ale, uh, you know, and obviously, especially and that's one thing I, I'm surprised too because. A lot of these shows are filmed, a lot of these like alone shows and stuff like that, especially on History Channel, are all filmed in Canada. And Canada is actually known for ginger root. So I, I'm surprised they didn't find any there in any of these shows. Or they don't know what they're looking for. The other one that I that I saw that I, it was kind of shocked me that I actually, actually I looked this up was catnip. And I'm like, wait a minute now. They, wait a minute now. Let's, you don't want to be out in the woods and, you know, be you know get a little funky but apparently catnip it, it does like it we all know what it does to cats it you know since you know it's like pot for cat pretty much but um catnip actually doesn't have the same effect on people and catnip actually does have antioxidants and uh hyponics uh hypotonics in it and it also like i said it, it calms anxiety and all that kind of stuff but uh it actually, like I said, it can help soothe people to sleep. It can help you with, uh, with issues with, with, like I said, with, with issues with your stomach and stuff of like that. Uh, I think this one specifically, from what I've read about it, it's not so much helping your stomach as it's helping you relax. Um, it does not have the same effect on people as it does on, on human, on, on cats, but it, it can help you relax, anxiety, calm a nervous stomach, stuff of like that. Maybe not something you're gonna need if you have like diarrhea. I think one of the other ones, if you can find it, would be better. But this one. Um, might help you out as well. Especially if you have a hard time sleeping out there and stuff like that. I don't know, but that's one you can use. Uh, the other one I, I didn't, I had a little look up was uh, something called something called yarrow, which is a I've never actually heard of it, but uh, it's actually a it's actually it's actually an antibacterial and an antimicrobacterial. And what it actually does is it actually if you eat something bad. Um, you can actually eat this, and that will actually help counteract that. I did not know that. I've never actually heard of that one, so I learned something today about doing some some prep. Hey, the other one I thought, the other one I didn't know about, is licorice root. Now, this one I've never actually heard of, but I, I, I know I've heard of licorice root, but I've never heard of this one being used. I, it seems like it might be hard to find if you're out there, but 
Uh, what it actually does is actually helps with stuff like heartburn, uh, helps with GI tract issues, helps settle your stomach, stuff like that. But uh, it also helps, I guess it cuts back on acid and stuff like that. And it actually, like I said, it's, 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 you can only take it. The one I'm call, the only reason I'd be concerned about this was is you can only take it from what I read. You can only take it in small doses. I don't have any experience with this herb, but I would look it up if you are interested in it or if you know you're in an area where you can get it. Uh, you have, you can only take it in, in small, in small doses. Uh, and they say actually, actually funny about this one is when I actually looked this up, it actually says if you're going to be taking this, consult your healthcare practitioner before taking licorice root if you have any kind of kidney disease. So this one I'm not as familiar with, but I would say if you're out there and you're desperate and you're really feeling horrible, it might help you. But if you're going to try to use it as a natural remedy for anything, I would seriously consult your doctor, especially if you have any kidney disease, because it was a big warning when I looked it up before on the on the uh, the internet. So I was like, oh wow! I'm like, I didn't realize it was that. I didn't realize licorice was that dangerous. Uh, another one, which is um, kind of more like a member of the the kind of the mint family, is a lemon balm. This one's going to be a lot harder to find out in the woods. Um, it's, you can find it, it's, but it's going to be really hard to find. It's like a, um, actually I don't really know exactly what it looks like. They're leaves, but they, they don't, they don't look any different than any other leaves. So the, I've actually, when I saw these, I'm like, well, that looks like any kind of leaf I could find, but it's not, it's a, it's actually lemon balm. The, the, the leaf, they use a leaf from a lemon. So very rarely you're gonna find. I don't find. I've never found lemons. I'm not in the right area either. But anytime I went anywhere outside, I've never seen. But uh, lemon leaves. You can make. They call them lemon balm, but they're lemon leaves. And a lot of people say you can use that. And with the mint, if you can find that, work well together. Uh, actually, yes, it actually can help uh, with with if you're dry heaving and stuff like that. It actually can help that. It actually, is a an anti um, IBS flare up medicine. Again, I've never seen those out in the wild, I'm sure. But if you find lemons, keep the leaves because you can use them. Uh, Meadow Sweet is another one. Uh, this I have actually, I've actually seen this out in the wild. And what's interesting about this is, and, and I, I, somebody said you can use it for your stomach, but I'll, I know it, I've only ever heard of it used as an anti-inflammatory. Um, like if you, if you have an issue with your muscles, your joints, or if something like that, you can use it as an anti-inflammatory. Uh, it's like, but I actually have read, but I, from what I read on the internet, it says you can actually use it for inf uh, for uh, if your stomach is inflamed. I mean, I guess if it's anti-inflammatory, that would help because of it. But I don't know. I've never this one. I'm not actually overly familiar with either. This, like I said, I, I do know that um, they help. I know they can give you ulcers or any kind of heartburn. This can help if you're in the wild. But uh, like I said, I only know what it's anti-inflammatory. But I guess if it is an anti-inflammatory, it would help you if you have ulcers and heartburn too. So. Yeah, I guess I guess like this that kind of does make sense. I've I've only I've seen this, I've only seen this once or twice out in the woods, um, not around here, but you uh, have seen it, and I know you you actually can't, but you have to. I, I think there is too. You have to watch your dosage on this one. I think because it is an anti-inflammatory, so you have to watch. But I, that's something you could do. The other one I didn't I, I've heard about, but I've never actually ever seen it was marshmallow root. They say marshmallow root is one of those that can help with acid reflux. Uh, it also can help if you have uh, a stomach or celiac disease, uh, any kind of gut disease, any kind of that. Um, it also apparently has hydrating components that are good for you as well if you're dehydrated. Uh, you know, it also says possibly could be used as an anti-inflammatory. Uh, I don't know about that. I've never actually heard it. 
uh, being used for that, but I guess you could. But yeah, there are, like I said, those are 12. There are 12, like I said, I, I found about 12 or 13 of them that you can use uh, herbs when you're out in the woods and you have an upset stomach. So uh, those, very important. I make sure you actually go ahead and, and you know, look those up if you're ever planning on being out in the woods. And sometimes holistic remedies are, are really good, especially if you're out there and you're struggling. I'm surprised nobody ever goes looking for these things in any of the shows. It's kind of shocking, unless they don't know what they're looking for. But uh, some of those I wouldn't know what to look for either, just so you know. I'm, I, some of those I've never heard of, and they're not indigenous to the area I'm in either, so I expect I wouldn't know them. Uh, the other thing I will say, though, folks, one of the things I did say and see on that show, and I do want to bring this up uh, here on the podcast, because um, a couple of people were, were, were they, thought they found animals with spots on the liver, and they, they, they still ate it. And they and and that's something really concerning because now I know they cooked it and if you cook it well you can eat it but I don't trust it if you see animals with a spot on the liver you should, you're never supposed to eat the meat spots on uh, like I said the sign of rabies you and you and I, let me tell you if you're in a survival situation like these people are on these shows I get it maybe that's one thing but if you ever or just go hunting and find a animal spots on the liver do not eat the meat it's a sign those spots are actually back or actually parasites or actually like parasitic those white spots are parasitic paralytic pouches that contain the the parasites that cause rabies and stuff like that you're never supposed to, I know people say well just don't eat the liver but I I don't you don't know that animals already at that point if that the animals already been infected if they're growing parasites in their liver um, I'll always, 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 if you see that, throw, th- throw that away or report it to the game commission or whatever. Do not eat the meat on an animal with s- spots on the liver. It is incredibly dangerous. Like I said, those, like people say, well, if you don't eat the liver, if you cook the liver well, kill the parasites. I don't, I, no, don't, don't trust it. I'm sorry. I, I don't, it's not something to play around with. It's a deadly disease to people and, and animals as well. But uh, if you ever get an animal with, with spots on the liver, uh, immediately just, you know, don't eat it and immediately report it and, and get, you know, and don't, you know, put gloves on if you're going to handle it and stuff like that. Don't, don't take any chances with something like that. Um, it's, it, I see, I seen it twice on these survival shows and I'm like, I really was upset that they actually even put that on television because, People watch that and think it's okay. Yes, they say if you cook it for 100 and 180 degrees, I think for so many for I think like so many minutes, it'll kill the parasites and the meat's safe to eat. Don't tr- don't I wouldn't trust it. Just just don't take a chance. Um, you know your life is worth more than that. Uh, the amount of health issues and health scares you could have because of that. Um, it's unbelievable. Don't, I would not take a chance. I was really upset when I saw that on television the other day, uh, people watch these shows and, and, you know, then, then they, you know, they try to redo what they, they see. And, and that's very, very dangerous. Uh, never eat an animal spots on the liver. It's, it's the sign, it's a sign of rabies and it's incredibly dangerous. Um, if you're in a survival situation where you're lost, where you're in the woods and you, you, you know, and it's, you're, you know, it's dangerous. That's one thing, but, um, Never, if you're if you're in a normal environment and you're not, it's not life or death. Uh, please don't take a chance and eat anything with spots on the liver. It's incredibly dangerous, and you could seriously, uh, you know, get ill from that and might have to go to and might need medical. Then, if you have eaten an animal with spots on the liver, I recommend you uh, immediately get medical attention. Um, you know, it's it's something that you should not play around with. It's not safe. I don't care how well you cook it. And like I said, it, it's not something to joke around with. And like I said, if you have eaten an animal, you should seek medical attention. And if you do get an animal with spots on the liver, like I said, don't eat it. Immediately report it to the game commission so that they can. Because the other thing is, too, if that animal has rabies, uh, the other animals around it might have rabies. So it's something 
you know, to be, you know, be very, very careful with, uh, you know, especially if it's small, more, really more with small game, you see it a lot more than you do uh, large game, but, uh, especially like I say, if you're hunting small game or trapping and you're going to have a live animal there and you, know, you see it you know, foaming at the mouth or when you, you, you know, you hold it down with the, you know, with your capture stick, hold it down and, and, you know, obviously dispose of it and, um, or dispense of it. And then you, you start gutting it or whatever, dressing it. And you see their spots in the liver, uh, you know, immediately that's something to, you know, make sure, you know, that's what I always say when you're trapping is a lot of fun, but you got to make sure you don't get bit because you don't know if that animal, just because the animal's not foaming at the mouth doesn't mean it doesn't have rabies. So, uh, that, like I said, it's very, very important when you get, you know, if you do get any, if you do get, say you do get bit and you are field dressing the animal and you see spots in the liver. Now you need to say, okay, I got bit. I see spots on this thing. I probably should call the game commission and get myself medical attention. Uh, like I said, it's very important. And I really was upset. Like I said, that he would show that on television that these people did that because, uh, it can be incredibly dangerous. And like I said, I, I think that them showing that on TV might've been, uh, a little bit irresponsible, but I just wanted to bring that up uh, to my listeners so that you know and you are being safe. So, but like I said, the, like I said, those twelve herbs that we did talk about. If you uh, there's something you might be able to look up. Uh, there's also two. There's, I mean, this is and, and to be honest, this is a whole like a lot of people. I, I'm, I'm trying to, I, I want to go through. I mean, this you can do the whole podcast. I mean, literally a whole bunch of episodes just on natural remedies and and stuff you could do this was i was just looking at for stomach pain because i know for a fact that that knocks a bunch of people out on those shows and a lot of people that either eat something that 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 didn't agree with them or they eat something that wasn't cooked well or they drink the water and without boiling it uh, they always, it always seems to, to be one of, it's either the food or the water that, uh, that gets them because they either don't, or, or they, I know the one, the one lady was saying she, she was, you know, she, I think she said she, she kept eating these berries and she couldn't understand why she kept getting diarrhea. And I'm like, well, the berries you're eating are actually a, uh, a diuretic. So, uh, you know. You know, the, the, you know, the natural laxative, you know, same thing with coconuts. Uh, if we all remember watching Castaway with, uh, back when I was a kid with Tom Hanks and he keeps saying, oh, I'm eating coconuts, but man, they are a natural laxative. And I'm like laughing. I'm like, yeah, they are. So, uh, you know, those kind of things, you know, if you're eating stuff like that, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you could, could dehydrate yourself by eating stuff. So you have to be really, really careful when you're out there. Uh, dehydration is a real thing. And if you're eating stuff like that, uh, you know, to, to sustain yourself, you have to make sure that you drink plenty of water because, uh, you know, you're going to have stuff like that. One of the things I, I do, one of the two I wanted to point out, and a lot of people don't know this, but if you're actually in the woods and I saw this, I didn't see, I saw this on a survival show once, uh, but I, I brought it up to me because I was talking to a friend of mine about this, where he was saying that, you know, you get people that actually you know, in the wild would kill bison and stuff like that, or kill uh, a moose or anything like those things. And they, they still are, are, are having trouble. And you think, you think about how much meat's on a bison or how much meat is on like a moose. But the problem with those kinds of meats are there's not a lot of fat in them. They're very lean and you need fat to be able to, um, you know, because to, to, the fat and because yes, the protein is good for you, but the fat in the meat is what gives you some of the energy and helps you, uh, you know, kind of helps you get going. Just just eating raw protein in in the woods, 
uh, or in the in, in any of these survival situations isn't going to sustain you. You still need the fat from the meat. So when they kill these pretty lean animals, these people are still starving because they're not starving, but they're still losing weight. They're they're full, but they're still losing weight because the the meat they're eating is so lean. They're not getting the fat that their body needs to to build to to you know to have energy. So that's that's really important to to know about that. Uh, one of the things I have heard, seen people do or heard of people doing is with these animals that are real lean, what they'll do is they'll, if, if they get them, they'll actually take the liver fat or the fat from the, uh, the liver um, and they'll actually mix it in with the meat. Uh, so there actually is some fat in the meat. And that's obviously if you're out in the wild and stuff like that. But um, I actually, actually heard of people doing that. Well, they're actually, they'll get a moose or they'll get an elk or bison, uh, really lean meat. And what they'll actually do in the wild is they'll actually take the kid, they'll actually take the liver, the kidneys, and they'll actually take the fat and they'll actually mix that fat in with the meat. So if you have, like, say, a slab of beef, you know, you take maybe a, a strip or something like that of the, the kidney or the liver fat and mix it in with that. And this way, at least you're getting some fat in your diet along with the food you're eating. Uh, so this way you can sustain yourself. Because just eating that lean beef like that that's got next to no fat in it is, is just not enough. Uh, you will actually get... Um, it, it just, it, it's just not enough. There's not enough fat in it for your body to to be able to keep you going. You're not going to starve, but you're not going to have any energy either because you don't have the fat that you need to break it down. Um, I know it sounds ridiculous. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but uh, I've actually, you actually, like I said, you can actually starve despite despite killing a big animal. I know that people are going to say to me, but this is a show, they're going to be like, what the heck is this guy talking about? Yes, look it up. You actually, lean meats like that, while they're good for you, while they, they're good for you, they put, you need the additional fat. Now, that's in a survival situation. If you're here and, you know, if you're, you know, in a regular situation, you know, that meat, you, you know, you eat the meat, you're going to get fat from other things. You're in damn milk or, or, or whatever you drink, coffee or whatever. You're going to get the fat from other things. So, you know, in a, in a regular home situation, you're going to get fat from other things you eat. But in a survival situation like that, where that may be the only thing you're going to be eating for the next couple of, for the next week or two, a couple of weeks, that might not be enough to sustain you. Uh, despite having all that meat, it might, you know, it might not be enough to sustain you. That's, that's part of the issue with killing a lean animal like that is you're not going to have the fat content you need um, to be able to give you the energy to keep going because it's too lean. So like I said, you're going to have to make sure you use the kidney or the liver fat and, you know, and, and mix that in with the meat or otherwise you're going to be in a, in, in a bad situation. That's the same thing with, um, believe it or not, I mean, that's the same thing. <laughs> I hate to say it with, uh, with killing rabbits. There's not a lot of meat um, there's a lot of meat on a rabbit, but there's not a lot of fat in a rabbit, especially if it's the, it's the winter months. Um, there's not a lot of fat in a rabbit. It's a lean meat. So you're going to have to eat the intestines, the liver, and the the, the kidneys and, and all that uh, to get any kind of fat out of it because uh, rabbit meat itself is very, very lean, especially in those winter months where you're not getting – where they're not getting a lot of food. Uh, they're, they are pretty pretty lean animals, and you're going to have to really be – uh, if you get them, you know, you think, and again, now if you're, again, if that's in a survival situation. If you're here, you get a rabbit, eat it. You're going to get fat from other things you're eating, you know, in around in general, <laughs> but uh, in, 
in those situations where you're relying solely on that, a rabbit may not have enough fat on it uh, to sustain you because rabbits are very, very lean. Uh, that's why when, when a lot of times if you, if you if you get a rabbit, they'll also, you know, you eat a rabbit, people say, well, you know, there's not, one, there's not a lot of meat on a rabbit, but two, there's not a lot of fat on a rabbit and you need that fat. Uh, that's why a lot of times when you watch any of these survival shows, they'll get a rabbit, but then in the next breath, they're also saying, I need a fish. And the reason why I need the fish is they need the acids and the fats from the fish um, because the meat on a rabbit, especially in those off months, it's just there's no fat on them. They're very lean. So you're not getting that fat that you need in those survival situations to really uh, be able to survive because you need that fat for breaking down and, and the glucose and the energy and stuff like that. So um, it's kind of kind of interesting if you, think, if you think about, okay, I'm in a survival situation. I've went ahead and I've, you know, I've, I've gotten my, you know, I've, I've gotten an animal and now all of a sudden I'm, I'm still starving. It's just crazy. But in those situations, you know, you're dealing with that's your only food source. And those things, sometimes those those animals you get are just so lean, especially in the winter, especially in the winter months where they're not getting a lot to eat and they're kind of you know running off their fat reserves. Uh, you get an animal that has that's really struggling uh, to find food. You're gonna kill it, and then you're gonna be in a situation where crap, there's not a lot of fat in this animal. So now you know it's kind of you know it kind of works its way down the chain, the circle of life. You know, um, they're not getting enough fat, so now you're not gonna get the fat you need. Uh, you know, it, it's like I said, it's it's weird. Like I said, when you're in those survival situations, think of like okay, well I killed like I said I killed an animal, but I'm still not getting enough food. You are getting food, but you don't have enough fat to break down that food for your, you know what I mean? It's, it's very, like I said, they're very lean animals and, and those kinds of things are just tough when you're in those situations when it's only a food supply here. Like I said, if you get any land, you know, here, especially, you know, in, in, you know, a regular normal situation, you're getting an animal, you know, you're eating it. It's lean. There's a fat. It's not an issue because you are going to get fat from other things you're eating, you know, so it's not as big of an issue, but in those situations, uh, when that's your only food source, you know, there's, there might not be enough fat on those animals to sustain you. So uh, something to think about if you're ever in the woods in a survival situation. I know it sounds crazy, but it uh, it is something you got to think about if you're out there, uh, you know, trying to survive on, on just what you're catching. It's pretty interesting. So I am going to wrap it up. Probably our longest episode we've had in quite a while. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening, and we will see you on the next episode. Thank you very much.